It's an honor and a privilege every time I get to represent Christ, especially when it comes to intercession, being an ambassador in the heavenly places. So last week I felt that the format actually worked really well. A bit of teaching, a bit of question and answer, and then a bit of actual interceding. And so we did some exercises last week. We're gonna continue with the same format, and I want to give permission right away to the moms and dads and those that have been journeying in intercession for a long time, when we get to question answer, feel free to jump in because with collective wisdom, we get a fuller expression of the heart of God when it comes to intercession, amen? So that's the African way to say, when I say amen, you say amen. Chris tried that on the weekend, and uh, I understood exactly what he was saying because he did it twice, amen, amen, and everybody's supposed to say amen. Hallelujah. So I feel that the focus of tonight is in part on spiritual warfare. So we're gonna, we're gonna see the interplay between intercession, spiritual warfare, and then we're gonna see, I'm gonna do what's called a prophetic matrix, a prophetic intercession matrix, and we're gonna show you how these things interplay with one another. But before I do that, I wanna clean up the seven signs that you're a prophetic intercessor. That was probably the number one question from last week. Let me qualify that list of prophetic intercession tells. Those are the obvious ones. My personal testimony is I never knew I was an intercessor until I read, read Dutch Sheet's book on intercession. I was just operating in revelatory and burden-bearing gifts without a label to it. So I wanna remove this idea that you have to meet a criteria, that's man's attempt to kind of define where you fit in, and that's all. So I would say, by and large, if you're here, you're likely a prophetic intercessor. Intercessor, If you feel deeply, or you operate in hearing the voice of God, likely you're a prophetic intercessor. So don't get too caught up in the lists of things. I know that most people that attend this house are gonna be intercessory because we love to pray here. We're praying all the time. It is a house of prayer. And so um, you can ask me questions about that later, but I just wanted to say, uh, look, let's not get caught up in lists. Let's hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us individually and then corporately. Because I can see the intercession on you and um, and so that's one of the gifts that God's given me apostolically just to watch how, how the anointing moves in a room. But um, so, so I hope that helps. Second Corinthians 10, three to six is our scripture for tonight. I'm gonna read it out of the NSAB and I'm gonna highlight some of the key words in that and we're gonna break them down. So for Uh, starting in verse three, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage battle according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying arguments and all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, and we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. So there's a lot in there. We quote that scripture often in intercession. Our weapons are mighty. So let's, let's look at a few of these words. 
Um, I did have questions. What are these? 3696, all of these numbers. This is Strong's Concordance, and that makes it look like that I really know what I'm talking about. That's why I put it there. It's a credibility test, is all that is. If you want to know that I'm telling you the truth when it comes to what Strong's Concordance is, you can look up 3696 and see for yourself what it says. So weapons, busy about to implement utensil and its tool for war. It is armor, it is an instrument, it is a weapon. Warfare, number 4752. And I just, I did this word study this afternoon. I just felt it interesting how it progresses, okay? So warfare, 4752, military service, apostolic career, which includes hardships and danger, and it's linked to the number 4754, the middle voice of the base, which is very interesting, um, the military campaign, execute the apostolate, and everybody knows what that means, right? Neither did I, so that's why I looked it up in um, the dictionary, but it's a position or authority of an apostle or religious leader, and in just your regular dictionary, the apostolate means religious or evangelistic activity, 4756, an army from the base. Divinely, 2316, uncertain affinity, deity, supreme divinity, exceeding and God, powerful, 1415, capable, able, could, possible, power, strong, destruction, demolition, extinction, destruction, and the pulling down, a fortress, is 2192 meaning to fortify through the idea of holding safely a castle and this was really interesting right in the strongs now i read out of the nsab which says argument but if you read in the new king james version it'll have a different word in there but a castle they equate to an argument so that's a prophetic picture um, and destroying speculation. This is where the rubber really hits the road. All of the rest of this has to do with destroying speculations, which is computation, reasoning, imagination, and thought that's against the perfect will of God. Okay? So let me read that verse again because now we have some understanding. So for the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, which means they don't exist in the natural realm, they're of spiritual origin, but are divinely powered, so they need, the source has to be Jesus Christ, it has to be the throne, it has to be God, for the destruction and complete annihilation of fortresses or imaginations or thoughts and we are destroying the arguments and all the arrogance raised up against the knowledge of God and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So we normally treat that when we talk about spiritual warfare of ourselves personally. We're taking every thought captive. But I'm gonna propose to you that the other thing that we do in intercession and part of the authority that we have in intercession is we're taking the thought of the wicked one captive to obedience. So I wanna shift our thinking of this verse here and where we are ready to punish all disobedience. Now we know as believers, it is not our job to punish someone's disobedience or sin. So he's clearly talking about something spiritual in terms of warfare and not our job to, to convict of sin or to punish disobedience. And how do we do that? When our obedience, so intercession really 101, our obedience is complete, which means we're mature sons, mature daughters, and we are 
being active in the expression, completely yielded in intercession to the mandate that God has through our vessel. Okay, does that make sense? So that's the what in terms of spiritual warfare. So how do we do that? Like how is it? So we know what we're supposed to be doing, but how do we do it? So I'm gonna give another definition of intercession. Intercessions are vessels, that's you and I, vessels of the Holy Spirit through prayerful revelation that reconciles heaven to earth. It pulls on the kingdom of heaven into the earth realm. So my question is, well, what are the kingdoms that we're working with? The Bible's clear, there's the kingdom of God, there's the kingdom of heaven, there's a kingdom of man, there's a kingdom of darkness. So any system of thinking and or behaving is a type of kingdom. So we're dismantling those kingdoms because we're reinforcing, we're enforcing heaven. We're enforcing heaven. That's the administration of the mystery of the gospel as intercessors. So that's so our primary, as I said last week, was our primary audience is heaven, and we are ruling and reigning, working from that position of authority down through the second heaven into the first heaven. So you've heard the term ecclesia and the term oikos. Have you heard the term oikos? No. All right. The ec- we're all about the ecclesia right now. You hear all the books about the ecclesia. The ecclesia is the military operation of the church. The church is the ecclesia, and it's the exploits of God, like Joshua, in the earth realm. The oikos is the family of God. That's the warms and fuzzies. So as intercessors, if we're going to be exploiting, we have to go from somewhere to somewhere else and return. The danger for us as intercessors is we're out warring and we don't come back to camp. We run into trouble when we do that. Mark Briswell will talk about coming back into the garden. What's the garden? What's the camp? That's the safe and perfect place. The oikos is part of the garden of God, right? It's where we're safe. It's where we're understood. It's where we're, but then we suit up. We go out because we deal with defilement. We deal with demonic things. We go out. We go to war, and war is messy. It is not clean, okay? It is not um, it's ugly. We do our warfare, then we come back into the garden. It's very important to understand that we choose to go out and we come back in. You hear this all the time, we war from a place of rest. That's knowing whose we are, what we're commissioned to do, how to do it, okay? So this is gonna be fun. This is the, what did I call this? I called this the Prophetic intercession matrix. I'm gonna make a joke now. I'm warning you, I'm gonna make a joke. I thought, about, I thought about calling it the prophetic intercessor grid, but that would be P-I-G, pig, and that would be unclean and that wouldn't be good. So we're just going, if you like acronyms, we're gonna go with PIM, the prophetic intercession matrix. A three-fold cord is not easily broken. There's three parts. So three-fold cord, Worship, sound, dance and movement, and prayer, declaration. I'm gonna call these three silos. That doesn't mean that 
if we're praying or declaring, we're not dancing and moving, it doesn't mean, but these are distinct expressions. There's all of these expressions happening simultaneously in this house, and there's a fullness in the expression of intercession when we have all of these things going on. Okay, I talked to you guys last week about woundedness. So the character is going to be part of grid number one. The weapons we talked about or tools that are implemented, believe it or not, this is where it gets really fun. And this is where the equipping really happens, okay? So the manifestations of the spirit, I'm glad I have the right audience for that one because I can get really weird real fast in the wrong (laughs) place. And positions of intercession. Manifestations, I'm gonna break them down into two feelings that we can get as intercessors. They're the positive ones and the negative ones. Positions, I'm gonna break into two different categories as well. First heaven, first heaven is earth. Second heaven is where the demonic operates, principalities, rules. Third heavens is our position. There's seven heavens. If you read the Hebrew, God's throne is in the seventh heaven. We as believers, because of the blood, have access to all sevens, all seven. The millennial reign that we'll be in, and you know, when this earth passes away, we get all seven heavens. That's, that's, so, so this helps in terms of our position. Okay, so character. I emphasize character over and over and over again in the body of Christ because here's the primary principle. If we have woundedness and we're an intercessor and we pray for our, from our wounded position, we will cause defilement and judgment into the body of Christ and we expose our brothers and sisters to unnecessary warfare. I'm dealing with one of those things right now nationally because we do not know how powerful Jesus Christ is in us, but when we couple it with the soul realm and our woundedness. So let me give you an example. I'm wounded by leadership, and I start to pray out of my wound that God, and so we can fall, so I'm really serious on this one, we can fall into white witchcraft. We are so concerned about the witchcraft there, but witchcraft witchcraft happens within the body of Christ when we operate out of a wounded place. Now, often we don't know that we're doing that, Okay, and there's a grace or mercy that the Lord extends, but other times we've been warned and warned and warned and warned and the Lord has continually put his finger on areas and he primarily does it through relationships and we will not submit. And then we we go off into isolation on our own and we continue to pray, but the source can be ourselves and we start to defile the body because the gifts are up without repentance. So I'm really strong, and that's why woundedness, if any of our intercessors, if I'm sensing that there's woundedness in them, I will pull them immediately off the front line for, their, for my love for them and for the greater body. So that's a real serious one for me. So let's talk about character and what does character look like. And this is the part where we're going to start to interact in what are some, so I'm going to just, I got lots of them here, but we talk about this as intercessors all the time, humility. What's another character trait? Peace, operating peace, kindness, okay, faith, patience, love, sensitivity. So we're a lot in the fruit of the spirit here, okay, okay. I'm gonna add one, integrity, your yes be yes, your no be no. 
wisdom. I'm going to put that actually in manifestation. There's two kinds of wisdom, our own understanding, but um, I'm going to put that over here because that's something that, well, we'll put it here and there. Uh, that's an also manifestation, but we'll put wisdom here. Faithfulness. Let's see what else I have. So I put humility, patience, love, integrity, purity, holiness. Okay, we can go a long ways. So my, in, in my preaching or teaching, I'm concerned about this one. I want to see all of us develop into mature sons, daughters, and that we grow in all of these areas. And what we see in intercession groups is one of the first things that happens is offense. It's one of the first tests. And so often, if we don't have humility, if we don't have patience, if we don't have a lot of these other character traits, we go off into, and it gets ugly real fast. So that's one of the tests. I'm not gonna go over the tests of an intercessor now or tests of a believer. Weapons. Now this is all the guys are like, yeah, I'd like the weapons. That's what we want, weapons. And so I'm gonna start it with alignment. Alignment is an incredible weapon. And I want to delve into that one a bit. I'm going to say the obvious one, the blood of Jesus. And we can link the blood to alignment. We can link the blood to character. We can, I mean, that's the finished work of the cross. We can link that to, what are the other weapons of our warfare? The word, perfect. What version of the word? Because there's two. So we get caught all the time in, well, they're just praying the locus of the word. Well, they're just praying the rhema, but both are necessary. We need to understand the logos, but we have to, as intercessors, the prophetic side is where rhema. One of the tests that you'll know that you're a prophetic intercessor, are you praying from your understanding, or does God drop an original thought, feeling, sense into your spirit? When he's doing that, you're a prophetic intercessor because you're praying from a totally different place. So you can start, often we'll start out in the word, the Logos word, we'll start praying the word, and we need the word in us, and then all of a sudden we can feel a shift, like what's going on here? Now we're interceding, now we're in a different kind, we're in the prophetic side, okay? Give me some more. Praise and worship. So I put that up here, so we'll put praise here. Truth, okay, prophetic acts. Okay, I'm gonna put it here. That's part of next week, prophetic acts. Righteousness, that's, I'm gonna say righteousness over here. I'm leaving these out because I want you to fill them in. I want you to be activated. What are the weapons that we're picking up? What is the armory of God that we're using? Forgiveness, okay, declarations, peace, a blessing I'll say instead of cursing, kindness, very powerful, agreement, unity. Keep going on unity, because we hear a lot about unity, but keep going on unity. What else is unity? What's another part of unity? Harmony. I like those other ones. We're going to write them down. Um, how about oneness? Those are different things. Covenant, I heard. Um, how about um, synergy? Common purpose. So the, the disciples had everything in common. So yes, common purpose. Uh, community, which would be, okay, I'll put community. I heard covenant, we're on the seas now. We need to be connected with God. You know, so intimacy, authority, anointing, revelation. So we have that in the rhema, but I'm going to write it down because I like that word. Grace, boldness. Okay, let me read my list because we, we got a lot of tools at our disposal. I put alignment, authority, agreement, the blood, the covenant, the word, 
revelation, including dreams, visions, and knowing. Angels, we're hearing more about angels than we ever have in the body of Christ. Why? You, you ready? Sowing. I cheated because I started this process a few hours ago, or really 25 years ago. So, um, fasting. Why is fasting important for intercessors? It's that it deals with our flesh. And when our flesh is dealt with, we're much more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We'll put fasting in sacrifice. I have another good, judging. We're taught not to judge, right? But we need to judge. We're not judging each other, we're judging. We're making edicts and judgments according to, oh, according to the will of the Father. The opposite spirit. Okay. Good question. The question is, what do I mean by opposite spirit? You're gonna pull me in a direction and I think that's gonna be okay. So opposite spirit is this. I'll give the most famous example. Jezebel. Everybody has a Jezebel, Jezebel spirit here, Jezebel spirit there. Jezebel, 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 Jezebel. Jezebel gets blamed for everything, okay? First, we need to deal with the religious spirit in us or else we won't have authority. Number one, number two, to come in the opposite spirit means what does, what does the religious spirit try to accomplish. Shut down, the, shut down the creative, shut down the manifestation, shut down the unity, shut down, it's a divisive force. It, it always attacks the prophetic, okay? So how are we operating in the opposite spirit? Are we dividing or are we intentionally operating in unity? Are we giving room for the expression of the creative. So what happens if all of a sudden in this house we have artists painting? What happens in our heart? Mm, well, I'm not so sure about that. So are we operating in the same spirit? Do we have all of the understanding or are we gonna operate in the opposite spirit which is bless, bless, bless. God knows, knows, knows. The religious spirit will shut down more places, not in the beginning, but as we get into the deeper things of God. So that's what I mean by the opposite spirit. When we recognize something that's demonic, something that is not right, some, we need to be healthy in operating in the opposite spirit. I'll use, and this we're gonna go over in detail some of these things, but let's say we're dealing with um, twisted communications. Happens all the time. I have to pause and go, okay, I need to operate in a different spirit than twisting and, and miscommunication. So I'm gonna slow down, I'm going to be intentional, we're gonna take the time that it takes to lay the foundation. That means to operate in the opposite spirit. And you would be surprised, even when you recognize one of your brothers and sisters in the Lord is operating in a spirit that is contrary to the perfect will of God, and we operate in love, let's say even, all of a sudden there's repentance that comes, there's reconciliation in relationships. So that's, that's a real key for prophetic intercessors because we're being tested. We're being tested so we can mature into proper sons and daughters. Um, manifestations, ooh, this is fun. We'll go negative manifestations. I'm calling them negative because they're not pleasant. Not that they're not from God, but they're not pleasant. Nobody wants to wake up with, you know, a blistering headache and have a headache for a week, but what's God saying? So let's, okay, so negative things, manifestations that happen, headaches, heaviness, sorrow, 
anxiety, sickness, uh, be specific in sickness, panic, okay? I wanted, I'd want to deal with the intercession side, not the fallen world and demonic attack side. Depression, okay, these can be, but not necessarily are. So discernment is really important. Like we can legitimately have cancer and it's not an intercessory thing that's happening, okay? I'll put one out there, um, sleepiness. I found when I moved back to Canada, good. Now people think I'm sleeping out, but I mean, it was a spirit of heaviness. It was a spirit of sleepiness. Man, oh man, was it tough. So insomnia can go both ways too, because God, who loves, he never needs to sleep. So he figures we never need to sleep either. I do not understand it, because I often say to him, I have an honest relationship with the Lord. Can you pick somebody else at three o'clock in the morning? I'm quite tired. But insomnia can be a sign. I'm focused on the intercession, and I want to interpret the intercession for you, right? So what's happening? So um, I was working with a pastor, for example, and he had feet that were swelling all the time, and they could not find out what was wrong medically. He was in an intercession. And so he needed a breaker anointing to come along to break that out, and it's because the church was moving forward and there was this demonic attack against his feet, and so God was teaching him and us in the process, but that's what I'm referring to. So, I mean, this is kind of gray area. Intercessors will know, and one of the things that we want to work on is discerning is this a feeling that I'm just having because I had bad eggs in the morning, or is this something that, and how we do that. So. We may not know what it is, but how we do that is we're in community with one another. If I see a pattern of everybody, not everybody that's a prophetic intercessor in my circle that's getting headaches, unusual headaches, I know something else is going on. That doesn't mean that one of them just has a headache because they're prone to headaches. That means there's a pattern. That's why this, the oikos is important. These types of meetings are important. The debriefs are important because we don't know what's going on until we get a a bigger picture. So in my belief system, God never allows anything because Satan is under God positionally. So it can be a demonic attack against us, but God will use it, because we know scripturally, God will use it as an alert for us to pray. Now God can also give us a, um, a burden, right? Not the, the source isn't the enemy, the source is the Lord, but it's, a, it's something on the Lord's heart, right? So we can just say a burden. So I'll say weeping here too. Yeah, frustration and stress can actually be. Yeah, confusion can be. Distraction. So you'll hear apostles, there's a lot of distraction in the room. He's not saying that you're distracted. There's a spirit that's coming to interfere. So distraction can be. This is really good. It can or, those are things that can or can't. If it's sudden and there's a pattern and there's no scientific reason behind it, then I would say, okay, so some of us that are incredibly sensitive to the Holy Spirit will see mood swings. So I'm pragmatic with this though because I want to know, have you changed your diet? Has your sleeping changed? Has, or is it God alerting you? Some Because he's not, I say it 
often. He's not a tyrant king. He's not doing these things to you so you can be miserable. He's doing these things to you so that you can be alerted and you can pray through and you can get the breakthrough. Okay, so moods can be. So we'll see, we'll see that in the kids, right? We're, kids have no idea what's going on and they're just cranky for no reason, like just irritable and cranky and I've told stories about Bethel, you know, the nursery, they can't, they can't get the kids to, to stop crying. They're in intercession, right? There's a pattern of intercession. So whenever it's atypical of what you're normally going through, they can, it's often an intercession. Uh, I'll tell you, I was the um, lead for intercessory prayer. I wanted to run like, the, I was done. I was crying in the corner and running, and I'm like, I cannot handle this. I'm such a loser. That's not my normal mode of operation. You may find that hard to believe, but I'm just saying. And so those are sudden things. So whenever you step in, especially to nationally or regionally, there's a prophetic swirl that's happening, and often we get thrown. So yes, those are all spiritual warfare things. And the one of the number one tactics is for us, for one of the number one tactics for the enemy is for us to start to look into our emotions. We need to be quick to go to somebody that we trust and say, this is what I've experienced. So as soon as I started experiencing that, I have personal intercessors, I said, look, you gotta pray me through this. I can't, and that is not weakness, that is strength. You have to call out to others in your circle to help with, because the power of agreement, two will put 10 to flight, three, 10, 10,000, 10, 1,000, right? It's just the principle of the word of God. Yes, so some of this is gonna actually be in positions. Are we in obedience or disobedience? So they're all connected. I'm trying to delineate them, but you know, like humility is a weapon, right? And so, um, they're, they're all, it's like the spiritual gifts and fruit like, and character. You can draw lines between all of them and you get different mix. I was actually possibly gonna bring uh, the, the game Boggle, if you know that word game where you shake the, th- the thing. There's multiple combinations, right? And so what God is doing with us is teaching us how to discern what's really happening. Okay, so positive manifestations. Now this gets real fun. I'll start it off. Groans, spiritual songs, shouts, um, supernatural, okay, energy, joy, laughter, yep. Let's, okay, insight, new sounds, peace. Okay, I wanna talk about peace. Often when you get breakthrough, you'll feel Emmanuel come into the room, you'll feel the peace. Until then, you're kind of like agitated. Inspiration. Okay, so we'll go gold dust, diamonds. I had, just, I had a pair of glasses manifest, and I'm not, like it was crazy. I was like, what? Nobody left, there's no possible way that glasses could have, and the Lord was talking to me about my seer gift, and no, so all the naysayers, and fine. Somebody planted them there. Somebody came in and just planted them. I'm gonna call that person angel for lack of a better name, but like things happen. I'm not gonna camp out on it, but things happen. Crazy things happen. Angels manifesting, okay. Healing. Shaking, there's one. 
weeping. No, we're, uh, yeah, joy, weeping of joy. Wait, yeah. Yeah, there's a difference. Oil. Oil will manifest. So I'm gonna call it the rushing waters. The voice of the Lord is like rushing waters. The wind. Yeah, see, you can feel it, right? Like, hey, this is us. Okay, so let's do all the senses. Smell, taste, feelings, yeah. The tingles, confidence. So some of these are kind of emotional states of being and other of them are physical manifestations, right? Um, and both are, are manifestations. Uh, we roar a lot, so let's say roar. There's a supernatural roar. Like we've heard uh, roar where we're clearly not the only people in the room. <laughs> yeah. So we were ministering, I'm gonna pick on the angels. I were ministering in Panama and we were doing, we brought some worship leaders down and we had a guest house and they were staying in the guest house and the dad comes over who's, you know, he, he knows sound and he comes over and he's beaming, like just absolutely off his, I'm like, what's going on? He goes, the angels are here. Yeah, they sung my kids to bed. I normally sing them to sleep. I wasn't singing. The kids were hearing them sing and they fell asleep. How much care does the father have for our children if he's willing to send the angels to lullaby our kids? He was, un he still talks about it to this. He's undone. I'm like, well, yeah, we're supernatural. This is what we are. This is, should be happening in our life. It's fun. I mean, there's freedom. There's when there's fathers in the house, then there's liberty. And so, you know, I'm I'm one of those that. What's the worst thing that can have happened, right? I mean, we hear the stories where they have to sweep up gold dust. What's? I was in a meeting. I get carried away here. But I'm in a meeting, and this lady who's probably eighty some years old, she is covered in silver dust, like covered. So silver dust is another one. Um, the one that we're seeing right now is the flush, the bridal flush. You'll see, uh, for uh, uh, us that are married, it's kind of a embarrassed, innocent, lover kind of flush. I don't know, for that, yeah. <laughs> so, the, we'll call it the bridal flush. It'll come on a person and it's, um, Okay, so there's lots of manifestations, both positive and what we would say is negative. Um, you, you'll be driving home tonight and God will smack you with something else, I'm sure. So positions, first and third heaven. So first heaven is what are we doing intentionally to position ourselves before the Lord. So we will teach in praise and worship, you know, clap our hands, kneel, some of those things. So I'll say, so we'll start with the first heaven. Doesn't it sound great when you say first heaven instead of earth? So first heaven, so let's go kneeling, raising hands, standing, dancing, shouting, singing, running. I heard Casey say that one, running, huh? Oh yeah, pounding, that's a good one. Strike, let's say striking, jumping, we see that. Scripturally, of course, when some get healed, they jump. I got clapping. Okay, intercessors, birthing. 
So when we read all of this list, some of these items are more, um, how do you say, more frequent with prophetic intercessors than other things, okay? You know, you can go into the driest church ever and, you know, they're all clapping. That doesn't mean it's a prophetic intercessor thing, but at least there's a positioning biblically to the, the mandate of scripture. So, um, you know, drumming. Yeah, so for me, positions is we can be intentional about all these things, right? So when you get into manifestation, you'll see in some like global assemblies or prophetic groups, I mean, everybody's going like this all of a sudden, right? And so that's a manifest, like you can't fabricate these things. You can't force people to do. It's like the Holy Spirit's on the move and as one we're doing different, different um, things. For me, this is, we're well trained in the charismatic Pentecostal streams on the positions of worship, the positions of prayer. So I really wanna focus on the third heaven stuff because that's really where we start to get some alignment pieces that really help us understand what's happening. So let's talk about third heaven. Um, the court of heaven is a position, right? So when you're in the court, so third heaven. So in all of these things, I'll ask, like I'm really innocent in my intercessor. Where am I, Lord? Like I just ask him, like, or take me to. Right, so the courtroom is one of the places in heaven. Um, the th a throne room, yeah, okay, we'll put the secret place. Um, the chamber, okay, so the bridal chamber is another place we can go. Consecrated imagination. I think that's, well, that's linked to the secret place, but that's also um, part of the revelatory creative side. There's a treasury, dressing room the council room, and then there's a war room, the garden, yeah, the river, yeah. Okay, so the premise here is, in my father's house there are many rooms. There's rooms with dreams in them. There's rooms of miracles. There's rooms of, um, I'll call it the records room. It's by the library, they're all connected, it's all heaven, we can get to any place whenever we want. I'm gonna call them the hallways, the armory, yeah. There's an anointing room, the nursery. Okay, I want to hear, not the interpretation of scripture, I want to hear where you've been, where you've actually encountered the Lord. Banquet room, mountain. So for us that are teachers, we have to know that everything that's on this board lines up with the principle of the Lord. It has to be demonstrated in scripture. So I want, what I want is, is that we have encounters, but those encounters have a basis scripturally. Now here's what happens. We will often have an encounter and the Logos word will come after the encounter and we, we cannot be afraid of that especially in intercession. Because when it's fresh to us, he is doing something significant in the earth. That does not mean that we need to um, discount the, the written word of the Lord. I'll give you an example. I was in um, Ireland, and I saw a veil get ripped. Now, there's two veils, spiritually speaking. There's the one that got ripped in the cro at the cross, 
That veil has been rent in the old King James, but there's another veil that can be ripped between the heavens, but I didn't know where it was in scripture, but I knew the witness of the spirit, so I released it prophetically in Ireland, and then I got hit with, is that even in the Bible? Because I don't want to step outside of the bounds that God has given us, because they're beautiful. And, the, and we were singing a crazy, 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 old, 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 old gospel hymn. And in the bottom right corner, they made a scriptural reference. And the song had nothing to do with the scripture, but I noticed it said Isaiah something, something. So I quickened in my spirit to look it up. It was the very verse that I had released prophetically before. So what I'm saying is, in the intercession, it is okay to explore. The Lord will chastise if we get it wrong, but it doesn't take 10, 20, 30, 40 years. He knits together our steps and our understanding very quickly. But if I hadn't loose the word and asked the question to the Lord and have a trust relationship knowing, hey, son's gonna go out on the limb here, is dad gonna catch? Dad always catches, and the more times that we do that, the safer that we feel, and part of my job as an apostolic leader is to catch some of the faith that's being, see, we're releasing faith, and that's the commodity that heaven is attracted to, right? We're not, we're not speaking of our own understanding. We're going by faith and in that faith. So another story is I was hearing bells. We never put it on there. I was hearing bells, and it was driving me crazy because I was like, goodness, I got to see the doctor. I'm hearing bells all the time. So I finally, because, and it was embarrassing because I didn't know what was happening to me, and I, I reached out to our apostolic center in Texas, and I said, look, and you know, I did the, the proverbial apologizing before I even asked, I'm so sorry, I must be off, there's something going on, I don't know what it is, I'm so sorry. And they're like, what? what? And I said, I'm hearing bells. And I was very apologetic in it because I was embarrassed, right, because of the manifestation of the spirit. I didn't know what was happening to me. And they said, oh yes, the bells. I went, oh yes, the bells, oh yes, the train. <laughs> There's no train in a thousand miles, but you're hearing the movement of the train. The train is the church on the move, and so you're hearing it manifest into the earth realm. And so they said, look, the bells represent the bells of the high priest, but more importantly, so I knew that part, more importantly, it was one of the manifestations of the spirit in Argentina before the Argentina revival went on. So many, many, many were hearing the bells, but unless you say, hey, Cam, man, like, look, dude, I'm hearing, I'm smelling flesh burning, like, are you, like, what's going on? Yeah, me too, I thought I was going crazy. See, then we're coming into agreement but it seems silly, it's folly, it's foolish to us, right? Because we, don't, we want to put it in a package that we can understand so we can justify our dignity, right? And so that's the snowballing effect of the spirit. And we call it popcorning. So if I step out in faith and do my part in obedience, then all of a sudden, it can be unlocked. And so intercessors, what we're doing is, and I said it here, we're sowing into the spirit. 
we're sowing, and any seasoned intercessor in the room knows when we're praying through battle for Canada in the upper room, it's coming out on stage. We have a confidence that however, now it's not exactly the way that we've been praying it, but the Holy Spirit will manifest through the voice. It's the, it's the Aaron Moses model, right? One does one and one does the other. So if we know our role as intercessors and we're sowing into heaven, there's going to be a reaping and that's where the governmental intercession comes in. My interest, I said it from the beginning, I'm interested in a prophetic company of intercessors. For too long we've been in our closets, we've been told to stay in our war room and just pray things through and we've been praying for things for 50 years. But what happens when 7,000 come into agreement with the heart of God? What happens when there's enough authority or enough faith or enough equity? Then the bowls in heaven start tipping. Then we start to see traction. So we're, we're always in this cycle right, of growing, developing, maturing as saints, and then we get these tipping points, and then we go. I mean, we're in a massive one right now in the United States. There has been a lot of intercession for a very long time about what's happening. Does that mean that we pull back right now? No, that means we double down, because there has to be something that happens significant in the earth realm to sort out the confusion there's so much in the kingdom, realms upon realms, understandings upon understanding, layers upon layer, that I'm glad we get eternity to discover the greatness of God, because it'll take that long. My heart for you is that you get the fullness of every piece that God has for you, in whatever expression that that is. You know, Jesus wept, that's big enough, you know. I love it, I love intercessors, I love you guys. And um, there is a move of God in intercession across the nations. He's looking for a people to stand in the gap. That, that's, he's just looking for a people. If not you, then who? It can look different. And that's, that was the danger of that 17 points of the list, you know, of what is a prophetic intercessor. A prophetic intercessor is full on with Jesus, whatever Jesus, whatever you need, whenever you need it. We didn't talk about the agony of the spirit and the sufferings. We did. You know, we, we love the glamour of it, right? We wanna, be, we wanna be the guy that gets books written about us. I mean, that's us. I mean, that's our, that's, that's built within us. We want to see the recognition, but our job isn't that. Our job is to mirror the kingdom, right? So I hope I've done at least a little bit of that tonight. I hope you hear my heart in these things. I believe that there's a multiplication of fruitfulness in intercession, and I believe that um, we're at tipping point after tipping point. I believe that uh, God has brought us here for such a time as this, for this nation, and uh, I think we fight the good fight together and run the race that's before us and push back the darkness, amen?